It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is Robert Manny welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. Got a great show for you today. We've got two ladies on the show, two guests. We've got a twofer. Today we've got our first guest is Elizabeth Corozza, and she is a branding expert from Toronto by way of New York City and now L.A., and she is going to teach us how to kind of shape and communicate our personal brand. Now, if you work at a company or you work on your own or you don't even work, you need to have what's called a personal brand. You have to kind of stand for something so people know that's who you are, shorthand kind of way. And it's important in today's uh, Western culture that everybody's got kind of a brand. Now, of course, for Guys Guys Radio and Guys Guy and Robert Manny, I have my own personal brand I'm building. I had my own brand, if you will, when I worked at many multinational corporations and uh, advertising agencies. And every advertising agency has a brand. And we would work on these huge global brands. I worked on Bacardi and Stolichnaya and Pam Cooking Spray and Chef Boyardee and Volvo, the Swedish car, and AT&T and just innumerable brands. And every brand has its own kind of uh, life of its own and it, it needs to be shaped in terms of how it communicates and what it stands for to other people. And it's the same thing with ourselves, personal branding. So Elizabeth Korotza is going to join us, um, and then we have a second guest who's going to speak about something that should be close to the hearts of the ladies in the audience, but also I wanted the guys out there to listen to this, and it's Silka Schwarzkopf, and she is the producer and founder of Second Act TV, and it's a, it's a YouTube uh, show, and I have been on the network before as a guest many times, actually, with Silka, and uh, it's terrific, and it really helps women over 50. It's all about that. Not that they necessarily need, need, need help, but we all need a little bit of guidance now and then. In this particular case, and on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that women over 50 have when it comes to the dating landscape. And I think, you know, if you've been out of the market dating-wise, maybe you've been in a relationship or you've been married, and then you're suddenly divorced or you break up or whatever, and you're out there, you know, it's, things change quickly, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with the online apps and websites and services, and and you're going to have to really approach dating in 2019 style uh, versus uh, 2002 style or wherever it was when you were uh, single last, because the, the dating landscape changes and it moves quickly, and you've got to get on board. Now, the good news is when I was... Uh, Kind of in my 40s and early 50s, I was a single guy and I, uh, suddenly single guy, and I uh, started with the online dating websites and apps and it worked out fine. I kind of shaped my personal brand, if you will, and tried to be my authentic self, tried to be a guy's guy, communicate that casual confidence, uh, hopefully unassuming strength, uh, integrity, because uh, integrity can be very seductive, uh, emotional intelligence, and have some style, and also represent, you know, fun. And uh, to me, I've always said that this is the greatest time to be a guy if you're if you're a guy's guy, uh, because women really are looking for men uh, to be men in the best sense of the word. Uh, that means confident. That doesn't mean arrogant, and it means being a gentleman, being, being respectful, and just being a cool dude that 
women want to hang with and guys want to hang with. So Silka is going to take us through some of those obstacles and challenges that women over 50 face. And I got to tell you guys, if you think it's tough for a guy to be out there dating when you're over 50, try being a woman because it's even tougher because they have to deal with us guys and all of our craziness. So uh, I think it's going to be a great show. We've got two fantastic ladies to help us live our best lives. And I can't wait to get started. Guys, Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. Guys, Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. As I mentioned, we have a very interesting show today. I want to bring some information that everybody can relate to from kind of a business perspective, but then pushing out in terms of how we all live our lives. And we're going to talk to a, an expert on personal branding and also business coaching. Her name is Elizabeth Karotza. She is a personal brand coach. She travels the globe as a coach, and she's a TV personality. She offers a range of services, uh, executive coaching, career strategizing, media presentation training. She helps clients boost job performance, seeks promotions, how to manage your career. She's worked with the big, big boys out there, Morgan Stanley, Pfizer, on and on. She's been on CNN, Fox News, Fox Nation, Business Rockstars, iHeartRadio, etc. And I'd like to uh, kind of pick her brain for our audience, for you listeners out there, in terms of kind of how we can shape, mold, and project our personal brand, and also how we can do things like how can we present. You know, people, a lot of people are afraid of presenting and uh, it's, it's shocking. And other people aren't. Other people are very comfortable. I think it personally all goes down to just being comfortable, being prepared. But uh, we want to hear from Elizabeth on that. And also, we, if we can, if we have time, we'll get into time management, burnout, and goal setting. But let's start with uh, the world of personal branding. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Elizabeth Karotza. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Very happy to be here. Great. Okay. Well, let's get right to it. I mean, you talk about um, personal branding. What are the What do you see, Elizabeth, as the components of personal branding, and why is that so important for anybody, not just a personality who's out there, but or a personal brand, if you will, but also if you're working at a corporation or you're just managing and strategizing the trajectory of your career? Why is branding so important now? Well, it is so important because so many people think that you know, if you are an influencer, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working for yourself, you can have a brand. And yes, of course you can. But if you're also working for a firm, a small business, maybe you don't own the company you're working for, it is very, very, very important to craft your own personal brand. I mean, it increases your value, your credibility. It can highlight your voice and your expertise. And by doing all this, it can increase future opportunities. Mm -hmm. Now, I come from the marketing and advertising world, so I'm super familiar with what you're talking about, and it is super critical for any any product to, to be branded correctly. And we usually have some type of a mission statement or brand statement, at least, about, you know, this brand is blank for this audience and does this that nobody else can do and kind of has a unique selling point. How do you uh, how do you start in when you work with a client who may be working for a company or just like myself now working on my own, building my own brand? What are the pieces that you look for, the pieces of information to say, hey, who is this person? How can I help shape their uh, personal brand? And how can I help them communicate who they are, what they are, and how they can serve out there and what makes them different? 
Well, yeah, you want to ask yourself, what do I want to be known for? You want to think about and strategize and write down what is most impressive about you. What do you want people to know about you? You want to be answering these questions because that will help your strategy, okay? So once you do that, you want to think about giving your digital presence a boost. So when I say that, I mean, let's think about LinkedIn. Are you posting regularly on LinkedIn? Are you posting your accomplishments? And of course, sometimes, you know, your company has to approve uh, certain posts about yourself. Um, So you might want to go down that road and, and make sure you get that approval. But in addition to that, it could be something along the lines of a photo of you giving a presentation, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you want to have a nice caption and, and tag the people and the company that you were presenting at. This will keep you top of mind, okay? Because when you're not present on social media, you're more likely to be forgotten. And then, you know, number three, you really want to raise your hand for speaking engagements. And what I mean by that is, you know, presentation. Some people love presentation. Some people don't. Some people feel like, oh, it's just going to be more work, but it also gets your name out there. It gets your name out there and you're going to be expanding your audience and your brand and potentially that likability. Okay. Let's, uh, let's split it up into, you know, somebody like myself. Now I came out of the corporate world. Now I'm building my own personal brand. Um, and then somebody who is working for a company. Um, so this first part is like LinkedIn. I always thought of LinkedIn as kind of, you know, you put your resume there and then you have people who like you, give you a recommendation. And I think that's how a lot of people use it. And then a lot of people are posting stuff and nobody has time or an interest to read what any of their colleagues or competitors are doing. And um, But you need to do it. And frankly, since I started my own personal brand outside of the corporate world, I've kind of semi put LinkedIn a little bit to the side until I've shaped my brand where I want to present it uh, through LinkedIn. So I've been using personally Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh, to really get things out there and the show, of course, the podcast and the radio show here on KCAA. Um, talk to us a little bit about the difference in how you shape your personal brand and use the different social media and digital uh, vehicles, um, whether you're uh, you know, uh, working for a company or when you're not working for a company and building your own brand. Well, yes. I mean, I've mentioned LinkedIn, but like you have also just mentioned, you want to use the uh, platforms that you feel were, will work best for you. A lot of people use Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can use all four. The more eyeballs on you, your brand, your work, your accomplishments, the better, okay? But saying that, you want to be strategic in what you're posting. You want to tread carefully, especially if this is around your your own personal brand when it comes to your career. So once you put something out there on social media, it is there forever. It's like a tattoo, okay? So you want to remember that. So you want to give it some extra thought when you're crafting these captions. And look, maybe you're not presenting all the time or in front of people and feel like, okay, well then what can I post? You can post a great article or something that is related to what you're doing, something that you know you feel is important or somebody else has written an article and they're giving advice that you agree with and you wanna write a, a, a snazzy or, or a snappy caption and put it out there. And look again, what that's doing is keeping you top of mind. And that's what we want. Mm -hmm. 
So if you are, uh, let's say you, let's flip it over to you're working for a corporation and you have to be careful how you use LinkedIn because you, and your company is going to be checking you out somehow, somewhere, HR is going to be taking a look or somebody, your colleagues or your bosses, and uh, you, you want to be smart about that. So how do you determine, okay, how do I want to present myself in a truthful way, yet in the best light possible that also shines the best light on my company without coming across as a shill? And then how also do I use LinkedIn um, you know, for business without being annoying. For instance, everybody's has this experience. Somebody you don't know wants to, and I always look at the, uh, you know, I check out their, their profile first because you see that they're marketing specialists in the digital area, whatever. And the second, the second you connect with them, they have an instant answer saying they want to get together and talk about how we can mutually help each other, which is, of course, you know, it it's, makes sense, but it's, it's like, it's tedious after a while. How do you kind of, uh, command that LinkedIn presence so it's not annoying to other people, that it showcases yourself in the right way, and it doesn't piss off your company. Exactly. Well, you want to build that credibility by, again, crafting a smart caption. And if you are working for a company, something, a product you believe in, maybe they've just written about it, or there's a video on it, you can post that. You know, when you're posting something on LinkedIn and you're working for a company, you you want might want to obviously check with their social media department or compliance to make sure you can do it or mm-hmm. just find out the rules first, like you said, so you don't piss anybody off. But at the same time, it's slowly building your credibility for those who might not have time right away to look at your profile and look at all the great accomplishments you have. This is your opportunity to show and share your expertise. I have clients I've worked with on this and that has helped them with people reaching out to them, legitimate offers, uh, meeting at different companies and getting new job opportunities. So do this and invest in yourself. You're just not, you know, a cog in the wheel or a cog in the machine. You can create and craft your own personal brand if you are working for a company. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, Elizabeth, it's kind of like it's a way where you're using this three-dimensional interactive platform um, to get your it's it's a three-dimensional version of your resume if you will it's alive and uh, if you manage it carefully you can as you just said you can get offers while you're working for your company just by doing the right thing on LinkedIn you don't have to sit in front of somebody you have the interview initially they'll be already seeing you in action here's how you operate here's how you roll so it can be super effective what are some of the tips for maximizing that and uh, what are some of the pitfalls things you shouldn't do Okay, so things you should do, look, maybe you're not in a strong leadership role where you're presenting all the time. Okay, but those opportunities and those times that you are, you want to always ask people to take pictures of you, okay? Mm -hmm. You want to ask more than one person. And I know sometimes at first when we start doing this, we do feel a little bit shy, a little self-conscious. No, you want to ask yourself, what have I got to lose for having great pictures of myself in a leadership role while I'm up on stage, okay? Mm -hmm. And you want to ask two people because this has happened to me. And of course, people I know, you ask someone, you don't know what their photographer skills are like. Right. You get a photo, they're grainy, they're horrible, they're, you know, they're, they're too far back, you can, and you can't even use them. So ask more than one person. Also, make nice and make friends with the photographer. If there's a photographer there, maybe you could give them your card. If, you know, if you've got any shots of me, I'd really appreciate it if, you, if you'd send them, send them my way. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to have those professional photos. And look, okay. You've got those options. What if I'm not in that, that presentation role where I'm presenting all the time or frequently? Maybe you're at an event 
and you really like a speaker that you're watching, okay, you can post that. You can get a picture with that person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is still putting yourself, your face out there. And you can even add a couple lines about the top tips or the top takeaways that you've gathered, Mm -hmm. okay? So you can also do that. And now you've asked me, you know, what not to do. What I really, really, really highly recommend is if this is newer to you and you're not sure what to be writing, and I get that all the time from clients because this is not natural and normal for everybody if they're not regularly on social media. So if you're not sure, ask a colleague, ask a friend, ask a spouse, what do you think of this caption I've just written? A trusted colleague, your mentor, even a manager, a coworker. Um, you just maybe want to have a second set of eyes on there to make sure you feel that, oh, this is really good. This is going to paint myself and my company in the best light. Got it. Okay. This Guys Guys Radio, uh, your host, Robert Manny, our special guest is branding and personal uh, coach, really, uh, Elizabeth Korotska. And um, she has interviewed hundreds of industry leaders uh, in her job as anchor at Reuters She's been doing this type of work for years. She's her clients again: Morgan Stanley, Reuters, Pfizer, J. Uh, Jones Lang LaSalle, and so many different uh, hedge funds. But uh, she's she's here to help us, and uh, I hope everybody's uh, listening and uh, taking notes because there's a lot of good tips here. Because every day, wherever we go, whether you're in a corporation or you're just doing your own thing, your personal brand is on display at all times. So you have to be, you know, not nervous about it, but just be on point and know that. You're always projecting your brand and to, you know, keep things in line, keep it together, people. So uh, what are some other tips that people can do in terms of uh, personal branding when it comes to the beyond uh, beyond LinkedIn? If you're on, you know, Facebook and you're on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, people do some of their personal stuff there and here they are on vacation or they they post some political stuff or they're at a party, whatever. What are the things to be uh should you be, just be doing the same thing as you do on LinkedIn, like make sure that uh, you're always representing yourself, make sure that if you're focusing on a speaker or somebody like that, or you're out there and you meet somebody, you put that on there and maybe you do you avoid politics and uh, you don't show yourself with a bottle of three olives vodka drinking or whatever. You know, what are some of the do's and don'ts when you're on the other platforms? Yes. Well, again, as I mentioned before, it's like a permanent tattoo. It's out there forever. So you just want to take that extra care and that extra caution. Um, And what I also encourage my clients to do is, look, life is busy. Sometimes making social media for your personal brand, your, your, your business life, your career life is not always at the top of your priorities, but make it a priority. So if it's maybe once a week, I recommend if you can do it once a week at, at the least, um, and put it in your calendar, schedule it so you are reminded that, hey, this is my personal brand. I want to get my name out there. I want people to see me um, as an expert in my field, as a leader in my field. So I am going to be posting on the different platforms regularly. I'm going to schedule time to do it because what we know is what gets scheduled in the calendar is what actually gets done. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at your personal brand, Elizabeth, um, do you need to like boil it down to like a Hollywood soundbite, if you will? For instance, when they pitch TV shows or movies, you know, they did way back in the day, you know, Miami Vice was like Hollywood cops. 
Some, something like that. And w- like when I look at my show, I'm like, okay, how am I different? All right, well, there's Joe Rogan. He's like super popular, real guy's guy, a lot of testosterone, MMA. Here he is eating his elk steaks and everything. He's great. And Mark Marin, he's been doing it from the beginning. He's like the guy next door. He interviews everybody. And then you've got Russell Brand, who's now doing a lot of spirituality and wellness stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm those three, you know, aspirationally, guy's guy, Robert Manny is those three guys combined. That's my brand. Is that a good way of looking at it? I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing specifically, but uh, is that how we need to look at our personal brands? Say, okay, who am I? What am I? And how am I different? What's my yes. unique selling point? Yes, yes, yes. You hit the nail on the head when you said, how am I different? What differentiates myself from somebody else? What is my greatest strength. What what am I most impressed with about myself? Okay. Mm-hmm. What am I most proud of? What will impress people about me? You want to think about that. You want to strategize and then you want to write it out. And yes, you want to think of your elevator pitch. Okay. You want mm-hmm. to think about your pitch. And again, just that, what are my greatest accomplishments? What am I proud of? How can I write that out? And then how can I convey that and weave it in and out of the posts that I'm creating? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, anything else we need to know about personal branding, Elizabeth? I just think you want to make it a priority. So put it and write it down in your goals and, and schedule it in your calendar so it gets done. Got it. Okay, let's take another, I think we have time for another topic. Let's talk about presenting, which is another area where you coach people. Um, and again, it's Robert Manny, your guy's guy. Guy's guy's radio, our special guest is Elizabeth Carazza. Uh, and we're going to talk about presenting. To me, the key, as I mentioned earlier, is, you know, presenting, there's so many people who are uncomfortable with it. And I never, I figured, you know, I've been uncomfortable presenting, but only for one reason. I wasn't prepared. If I'm prepared, I feel great. But a lot of people have all different types of phobias about getting up in front of people. So what are some of the things we need to know about presenting and how we prepare ourselves and what to do and what not to do? Okay. In all my years of being in television, a television anchor, presentation coach, giving presentations, teaching people, the biggest fear that people have is basically either freezing. (laughs) Another top one is they're worried about what people will think of them when they get out there. You want to change your focus. Okay. First and foremost, of course, like you said, you want to prepare. you got to prepare. If you don't prepare, it's easy to fall flat, and then you're going to regret it. Anytime I didn't prepare, even though I've been doing this for years, I always come across saying, yeah, I did a solid job, but I could have been better if I had prepared. Okay, so first and foremost, don't make that mistake. If you're a seasoned professional or do this often, you still always want to prepare. And you want to think about, okay, what is my main worry? What is my main fear? Answer that question and then combat it. So yes, you have to prepare. You want to write everything out. You want to speak it out loud. You want to make sure if you've got a slide deck that you feel comfortable with it, but you can always also speak off the slide deck. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you want to cut it down, make sure it's digestible because The moment it's too complicated and you make your audience feel stupid or dumb, the moment 
you've lost them. And that's what you don't want. So really tapping into who's my audience and what do they want to do and how can I give this to them? Okay. Mm -hmm. So they understand and do what I want them to do. Okay. Now there's a lot of, uh, from what I've learned is a lot of uh, nonverbal signals that we're putting out there that are equally as important in terms of having the audience like us or reject us. Uh, I think your point about uh, keeping the content simple is so critical. But in terms of the nonverbal signals, what uh, should we be aware of? I know it's good to pause. Power pause is a good thing. But just in general, what what are some things that people can do and then also avoid when they're presenting? You want to slow down, okay? Again, even the best in the business, Mm -hmm. speak too quickly. You get up there. You might be, it's a mix of nerves and excitement. You might not just be nervous. You might actually be very excited about what you're doing. And we have a tendency to speak very quickly. So at the top of all documents, and I do this myself when I'm giving a big presentation or a speech or a keynote speak, speak, uh, speaking engagement or whatever it might be, is slow down in big capital le- uh, letters at the top of each page. So you mm-hmm. want to do that. And then body language, you want to put those shoulders back. You want to pull those ribs right, right out of your stomach and you want to project Another thing I want to add is when you're looking at your audience and you notice that people might not be engaged, they might be scoffing. I've had that before. That's not the greatest feeling. (laughs) When you see that, you want to remind yourself, it's not me. People's feelings and emotions are about themselves. That's right. Look, if you see people on their phone and they're really not engaged, you might want to wrap that section up and move on to the next. But what I want to remind everybody is that just because somebody doesn't look engaged or there's a group of people that are on their phones or something else is going on and they're not paying attention to you doesn't mean you're not doing a great job. And don't let that sink your confidence. I can remember doing a big, uh, I was speaking about presentations. It was a a workshop on presentations and I was teaching a group of corporate tax lawyers. Okay. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, keep going. They don't, they don't really look engaged. There's not a lot of feedback. There's not a lot of back and forth with Mm -hmm. question and answers. And I just kept going. And at the end they they do a survey and I was a little bit nervous about it. And I ended up getting a fantastic top score. So you don't know, not everybody Mm -hmm. is going to be giving you those great verbal cues. You got to keep going and you got to feel good. Mm-hmm. How about, um, we're running out of time, but I want to get this one in. How do you read the room when you go out, when you're going up to the podium or whatever? Um, what's your tip for reading the room? Or is it necessary? Or should you just focus on, this is what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what the room's doing. I think that it depends on how comfortable you are. But you do want to read the room a little bit. If you do feel like people might start to be disengaged, ask a question, Right. And another point, I get this, I've had this in my career and my clients that I work with. When you ask someone any questions and it's dead silence, total crickets, nobody raises <laughs> their hand. Right. All you have to do is say, I get this question all the time. Uh, tell them the question, then answer it, move on. Don't ask if there's questions again unless someone else raises right. their hand. Don't pause for a minute and a half wishing somebody would ask a question. Empower yourself, you know, take the bull by the horns and just go for it and keep going. Got it. 
Okay, Elizabeth Carosa, um, what else do we need to know? What's your number one tip for building a personal brand? And then also I'd like you to tell us where people can find out more about you, social media, wherever, so they can hire you, et cetera. Personal brand is important. Whether you're an influencer, an entrepreneur, you know, a radio host, you work for a massive corporation, you work for a very small business, it's an investment in yourself. It is not everything for your company. You can still have a personal brand. And something I didn't touch upon is, look, when you have that personal brand and you're posting on social media, people might be contacting you about additional opportunities. But it's also your internal, you know, your workplace, your managers, the higher ups might also see this, be impressed by you and want to offer you something even better within your company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I can't uh, urge people enough to invest in yourself and start to do this slowly but surely. Um, places to find me is my website, Elizabeth Karatza. That's K-O-R-A-C-A.com. My social media handle is Elizabeth K-O-R-A-C-A. Um, I have a brand new newsletter going out so you can see my media appearances, my, my top tips and tricks and how to you know get that next raise how to ask for a promotion, how to basically get what you want, how to feel confident and how not to be miserable in your job. Because I see that all the time and I've experienced myself. So I would love to hear from you on my social media. And of course, I'm also a coach and always taking new clients. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, Great job. Um, I know you're a lady, but you're a guy's guy in my book. So thanks for being here on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me. And that was one of the greatest compliments I could hear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. You know, we have a special guest. We're going to talk about uh, relationships and dating and some of the challenges that women have when they're over 50 and they're out in the, uh, the dating pool, in the dating game, if you will. So I wanted to, I really want to help out um, people who are single who are out there. And when you, when you get, you know, into your 30s and then your 40s and your 50s, and a lot of people, half the people out there are, are still single or are newly single or single again. And it's, it's not easy. As you know, there's so much technology. There's so many dating apps. There's so many websites. And a lot of people who've been married for 20 years or whatever, they get back out there and it's like, whoa, what do I do? And having been on Match.com myself, where I met my wife, uh, and spending some time on that, I had to go through a ramp up my own learning curve. And uh, you know what? It wasn't easy. But you know what? You can do it. Because I met my wife on Match.com. We've been married for nine years. So I have a very special guest. Her name is Silke Schwarzkopf, and she runs Second Act TV. And it's a terrific uh, station that's uh, online on YouTube, and she does shows all the time about helping um, really communicate a lot of the issues that women over 50 uh, face when they're out in the world in general and also in the dating game. So I thought for Guys Guys Radio, we should really uh, 
listen. And uh, for if you're a guy out there listening, you should listen to this is the, some of the stuff that women have to go through. We think sometimes in today's game that we have a tough, but women, they've always had a tough. And I think they have it just as tough, if not more tough right now, particularly if you're you know over 40 and then over 50 and you're dating. It ain't easy. So welcome, Silka. Schwarzkopf to Guys Guys Radio from Second Act TV. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, yeah, it uh, it can definitely be a challenge out there. <laughs> what's what's to, happening? Uh, tell, well, tell us what's happening. Well, I mean, to to your uh, statistics, all the people out there, it's actually one in uh, three boomers. Or, well, I used to call it boomers. Over fifty is single. It's it's amazing. It's like all of us over fifty. Are, you know, you're you're bound to be run into somebody single, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, I of course I left my marriage. I I was one of the people that you refer to after uh, a long marriage came back on the market, and so for somebody like me in that pool, you come back on the dating scene when all you've experienced was dating at a very young age, and the whole you know mm-hmm. the whole world has changed. So for me, it was it was it was. Interesting, fun, sometimes heartbreaking, <laughs> embarrassing, uh, but to learn the online dating world, which you know obviously is a great tool to to get yourself back out there. I too met my boyfriend eight years ago online, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean it it can work. It does work. Well, let's uh, let's get into some of the specifics. So many of the uh, correct me. Well, I'll, I'll throw some stuff out there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know my my take on it and having interviewed so many. Uh, female dating coaches is that a lot of women who particularly if they're over 50 they've been they've been hurt and it's hard to get back back out there and open your heart up to love again and it's just it's just you know when you go through life you get you know it's a, it's a battle sometimes we want to go with the flow but you know everybody gets hurt how do women over 50 sum up the courage if you will sum up the self confidence and uh, get out there and uh, be in the marketplace where not that they're selling themselves, but be in the marketplace, if you will, to be open to find a new partner. Well, that 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 is the question. Is uh, you know, for me, it it definitely. I mean, I was my in my marriage. I knew that you know he was messing around, and so there was a lot of hurt and a lot of baggage that I brought into starting new again. And I consciously did stuff to work on myself. You know, to uh, to just just consciously work on not putting, casting, you know, what my experiences onto somebody else. But that was, I mean, it, it, it was. It's sometimes the voices in your head just don't really, you know, stop. It, you compare and compare and compare. And as you get older, we have more experiences and we bring more of that to the table. So, yeah, that, that that's definitely an issue. Okay, so if you're, if you're a woman over 50 and you're newly single, like if you're a guy, uh, men, we don't talk to each other that much about um, some of the specifics of dating or relationships and stuff like that. If we have something that's major, we'll usually pull one of the guys aside and share that with them. Women are more com- uh, communal in that. They'll, they'll share a lot of stuff and the, the ladies get together. What's kind of the first step for a newly single woman to take? Should she be talking to her friends or should, be, should she be talking to herself or doing both? What do you do before you get out there to be successful? Because I've run into a lot of women who are very cool, but I would meet them online and they would tell me that this was their, and I meet them in person. They're like, wow, attractive, smart and all that. But it was their first online date. And I knew it was doomed because they didn't know what they were looking for. They didn't know what they really had to offer. And they were just kind of putting their toes in the water. So what, what should a woman really do to make the most of that more limited time? If you're over 50, you want to kind of get with the program, right? 
Well, it's funny you ask that. It's a great question. And that is kind of how Second Act TV got started is because when I, you know, at first, of course, it's all in your head. You know, you you don't know what you're doing wrong. What are you doing right? And then when you admit what you're going through and all the issues, you know, let's the least of which is menopause and your bodily changes and all that that's happening. Yeah, you start talking and the more we talk, I had the benefit and the blessing of reconnecting with my old friends here in California. So as I traveled back and forth and the six of us would sit around and talk and I realized, you know, all these issues that we have uh, and that nobody knows where to get the answers. Uh, so I was like the first guinea pig to actually go out and try to find love again. And when we first, <laughs> we so first, what did you do? I, yeah, what did you do? What was your first step when you said, "I have to get out there"? I talked with my friends, mm-hmm. and at that time, really, all of them kind of were married. This was back in Texas. That's why coming back to California was so important. But I decided to try online dating. That's what everybody was talking about. That was the new, you know, the new thing. Although you didn't really admit that you met anybody online, it was just a kind of a fun thing to try. And I did match as well. Uh, so, you know, even some of my early dates, uh, we, I was, you know, navigating match with my girlfriend sitting there, you know, we called it getting out the man catalog mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing, right. you know, it sort of, and, and, and then it was like, Love you weren't it. just doing it by yourself. You had somebody next to you, encouraging right. you and it all became a little less om- ominous, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do you think that um, from being a, a woman who's over 50 and now you have a great relationship, but uh, just talking to other women and having Second Act TV, which by the way is a great show. I've been a guest on there a number of times and Silk is great to work with and really does a lot to get the word out there in terms of how to help people out. But what, what do you think women want from men uh, when they hit 50 and is it different than what they wanted when they were 40 or 30 or 25? Well, I think some things are obviously different. You know, we're we're past childbearing years and, you know, some of the obvious things. But I think we always want just somebody who respects us and loves us and who we can trust. And you know, maybe I'm speaking somewhat, you know, obviously I'm speaking from my point of view, but I we want to be cherished. We want to know that you care. We want to have a partnership. I, I think very few women just want to get out there and play around. And I, some do, maybe, you know, so many things have, have changed. But I don't think that, you know, I, I believe in romance and finding love again and being with that, finding that special person and just mm-hmm. feeling just comfortable and happy. For me, finding happiness again was big because I was so unhappy for so long. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of when you, women hit 50 and anybody who's 50, you're probably, you're pretty set and, you know, you have some experience and, uh, your career and you may have some money put aside. Um, and so you don't really need the guy. If you're a woman, you don't necessarily, every situation is different, of course, but you maybe nece- not necessarily need the guy for the money. So, and uh, maybe is it about sex? Is it about having a partnership? Is it about emotional intelligence? Is it about emotional availability? What are the core factors that uh, the women are looking for when they're dating, when they're over 50? What are they looking for in guys? And they do want guys their age. They want younger guys. I know everybody's different, but what's your insight? Well, I'll I'll answer it just from my perspective. I have never been interested in younger men. I just haven't. To me, it's, it's, I, I would, oh my God, I'm not going to get naked with a younger guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, and that's an insecurity 
on, mm-hmm. on my on my okay. part. It really is. But but we do bring a lot of that to the table. You know, we're just as nervous about that first sexual encounter or sexual encounter period as as I think some of the men are. You know, we let's face it. There are there are issues after after fifty. Uh, again, for me, it's 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 affection. I I I need to. Oh, and laughter. Laughter. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to laugh and have fun with that person. Uh, in while and while it isn't about the money, and it certainly wasn't for me. I don't want you know. I don't. I, I need somebody that's at least accomplished something comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to uh, there's certain values that they've achieved, certain plans that they've achieved. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I want somebody with that I can have an you know a good conversation with. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't want a boy toy. I never I, I never did. Mm-hmm. Does does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what don't what do the women not want from a guy? I mean, you know, I'm thinking in ways of like not just sexually, but just you know about like they don't need a guy to solve their problems. They don't need you know. It's not about that or help them with the career. It's really about more of a connection. That's it, where I'm coming from. I, I well, I think you just hit it on the nose. Yeah, the connection, that emotional connection, and just making us feel like. You, you know, you care, you care and that we're valued and that you appreciate what we do. And, and again, speaking for myself, I, I like I come from that generation, from that background where I like catering to a man. I, I get pleasure from that if it's appreciated. Now, yeah. uh, with uh, the Me Too movement, which is, uh, you know, listen, let's face it. Women are finally getting their long, some of the long overdue recognition that they deserve. They've done so much. They're on a pretty good trajectory. Guys, on the other hand, you know, the millennials, the men are caught between the MMA and manscaping and the boomer guys. It's all about the paycheck and their job title and uh, GX somewhere in between. And uh, I I think the older the guys get now, they're thinking like, what what else is there? This this just the job and the money. Uh, You know, they want to know, well, how do I what's what about uh, longevity? What, what, what about staying healthy? What about wellness? What about spirituality? The millennials are starting to get into that a lot earlier. They're much more open to it. But what, uh, what are women looking for in terms of that type of thinking from men? Does that stuff matter or is it just like, hey, buddy, you better have a nice car. You better pay for dinner and you better have a beach house. You know, and you're in California, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Robert, I, I know that there's women like that out there. I, I know that. And I just don't understand it. I, I just don't. Those material things. Yes, I like nice things. I, I But that's, I mean, in my divorce, I had a very nice house in Texas. I left it. I, nothing was ever more freeing than leaving all that stuff because I was so unhappy. So I would never go looking for that again. And I think with the older we get, we realize that. I think a woman who look is looking just for money or for the nice car for this, I think is a, I would run if I was a man from that. Run as far as, as fast as you can. I know that you know some women, some people I know that they're not very. They haven't saved up for their retirement, and they are looking for men to support them in their retirement. And you know, good luck. Maybe it would make some man happy to do that. But again, that's just something I, I just can't identify mm-hmm. with. Okay. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the whole technology and the online dating, which I always say is a curse or a gift, depending on how you kind of play the game. Yeah. To me, now, I never would have met my wife if I didn't go on Match.com. 
not to give them a plug or anything. She went on for a three free three day trial, and that's how we met. <laughs> but uh, you know, you could also fall into the deep end of the dating pool and be a double, you know, double dipping and yeah. overbooking and just going crazy. And then you can easily forget well, why am I doing this? Is it to right. develop a relationship, build a relationship, meet a partner, or is it to date or what, what, who am I? You know, it, it's very easy to get uh, uh, caught in a tsunami of dates. Absolutely. And it's, and, or, or not, or, mm-hmm. you know, right. or, it's, right. <laughs> or it's really, it can be really depressing. There's a, oh gosh, a lot of, a lot of things you need to, you know, just be able to accept, especially rejection. Online dating, I like to say is, you know, a series of first dates and you need to really understand that that's what's going to happen. There's going to be tons of rejection and tons of questioning and lots of stuff that can feed into your ego or your self-confidence or lack thereof. And that's probably one of the, the main things that I want to help women with is, is again, the self-confidence, letting them know that we all, that this is a struggle for all of us, including men, but especially women, you know, speaking for, as a woman, uh, it's just, just to, you know, with, with this technology, there's always something better, always something new. Uh, you know, you swipe. But we, I didn't do the swiping because I wasn't there when, when I was online. But it's, it's horrible that, you you know, you're, you're on a date or maybe even go to the bathroom and you're already trying to swipe again. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny um, when, when we were, I was waiting for you to come on and I see the Skype sign come on and it said active now. And it just reminded me when you go, do you remember that going on MASH? And you, you see somebody said active now. And I was just on a date with him. <laughs> of course, I was active too. So what does that say about me? <laughs> just so but our that- audience knows, uh, it's Guys Guys Radio, uh, Robert Manny with Silka Schwarzkopf. And we're, uh, doing, we pre-recorded the interview because Silka is in Southern California. I'm still in New York City. So we did this ahead of time. And it's for, you know, where you can download the show or listen to it live on KCAA. So here we are. So what tips do you give women who come on your show, come on Second Act TV, Act TV in terms of how to manage the online dating world? You know, it's, it's I, I do give tips, but I, I, what I do, I'm, I don't consider myself the expert. I'm like a dating survivor. <laughs> So I bring a lot of experts on that uh, that really can speak to that maybe better than I. From my own perspective, is really what I think is is is, is simple and obvious. You know, you you need to be honest first of all. One of the big things is lying about your age, and people have different theories of of, of uh, handling that. So you know, you can again figure that out yourself. But eventually, you're going to meet the person that you're that you're talking with. And if you don't look like your pictures, if you're not your age, then you're you're already you know set up for failure. Mm-hmm. But it's you know this present yourself with with the way that it, it, truthfully, you know mm-hmm. right. um, what's it, the word. It's a conundrum when, uh, Silka, um, uh, forgive me, uh, that, you know, some people, like, especially, especially if you get even over 40, and you see if you go to your high school reunion or something, there'll be somebody like, wow, look at her, or uh, he shouldn't look like that in high school, or him, look at him, and then you see other people like, oh my God, what happened? And I think that's part of the reason why people are uncomfortable if they put just a number down there. They're like, now I'm immediately, immediately being excluded Whereas I'm chronologically this number, but I'm physically and spiritually and every other way a different number. So they get concerned. I always factored in like, okay, the 15% rule. I figured 
you take 80, you know, generously, you say, okay, this person is going to be 85% of how they present themselves. And if that's the case, that's fine. Now, some people exceeded 100% and some people fell way below 85. But I figured it is what it is. And if they have to, you know, uh, fib a little bit about their age, I didn't really care as long as they could, you know, came across like they looked like who the age they put down. Mm -hmm. That to me was was okay. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I well, and, and especially if I had to go back out there now, and I just mm-hmm. turned 60. And I wow. don't feel well, you 60. look fantastic. Just so your like listeners it. know, Silka looks fantastic. She doesn't <laughs> look like a day over 35. <laughs> 35. Oh, thanks, Rob. Uh, it, it, yeah, it is. And it's, 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 I wish there was a, a better way to where you don't even have to use age. I, I don't know what the answer is, what the dating sites can do to make that better. Uh, but ultimately, again, you will meet this person. And I, what I've heard people say, and I kind of, you know, kind of agree with is, so you, you know, you put yourself in a lower bracket, so you're not filtered out, but maybe even within the profile, then write, Hey, by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, this is my age. I put this down. Like disclose it right away to where it's not a mystery or you don't bring it to the first date. Uh, especially if you advise on that, there's people that will hear that and, and, you know, maybe just fudge by a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. there's people that will hear it and fudge by 10, 15 years. And so I, again, I would just urge people to be honest. Okay. Ultimately, that's, what's going to work for you. All right, Silka. Uh, last question. Best tip for women. Best tip for men in terms of dating after fifty. Just one belief that 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 it's possible that you can find somebody if that's what you're out there for. If you just want to have fun, have fun. Uh, you know, maybe that's the bottom line. Have fun and don't put so much you know into it where it, it, it's it's just stressful because it should be fun. Got it. Okay. Silka Schwartzkoff, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Her uh, show is Second Act TV. Uh, where, where can we, everybody find you? Secondacttv.com? Yeah, sec, uh, not dot com, dot TV. Dot so TV. it's Second Act. It's 2ND. So Second Act, A-C-T, dot TV for television. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being here. And uh, folks, as I mentioned, I have been a frequent guest on Silka's uh, network, Second Act TV. So check us out there. And thank you so much for being our guest on Guys Guys Radio, Silka. Thank you, Robert. I always love talking to you. All right. Those were two intriguing discussions slash interviews that we had with two amazing ladies, Elizabeth Karotza and Silka Schwartzkoff. And Elizabeth talked about personal branding and Silka talked about being a lady over 50 and getting back into the dating game. And uh, are there some similarities there? And I think there are. I think it's all about your personal brand. I think if you're going to go out there and date, this is what I think we learned today. It's kind of our guy's guy's guide, if you will, is that um, if you've been out of the dating game, whether you're a male or a female, and you're going to get back into it, you've first got to look inside and say, okay, who am I? What do I represent? What can I deliver to a partner? And what am I looking for? Not necessarily in that order, but I think you got to know who you are, what you have to offer, and what you want. And uh, I think that's all about personal branding. And Elizabeth talked to us about that, how important it is to look at yourself first and say, who am I? 
whether it's business-wise or personal-wise, what am I, who am I, what am I, what do I have to offer, and what am I looking for? And those are kind of the tenets, uh, the building blocks of uh, having a personal brand. And I think it helps in no matter what you do for a living and also in your personal life and in your dating life. You've got to be able to articulate and qualify. You've got to be able to articulate who you are, what you are, how you kind of serve, if you will. And you've also got to be able to qualify potential partners and potential people you do business with um, in terms of are they, do they suit your needs? Do they fit what you're looking for? Is it going to be a good combination? So all about the personal brand. Robert Manny on KCAA Radio. We've been here since January. Overall, we've done over 375 uh, podcasts. We've done about 40 broadcasts on KCAA. We're here every Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Pacific time at 102.3, 106.5 FM, and 10.50 a.m. You can usually catch our broadcast again a second time on Sundays at 2 p.m. Um, the podcast itself, a portion of the show, can be downloaded on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox. You can stream it at kcaa.com or robertmanny.com. The whole thing started, the whole guy's guy movement, if you will, started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City. It's a novel, uh, but it's about love. It's a story. And uh, I believe that the power of story is, uh, is very, very strong, is very, very powerful. And uh, you can get your point across when you're entertaining people a lot more if you're just lecturing them. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. I also write a blog on my website, robertmanny.com. There's always o- over 300 posts there. And a lot of that comes from the source material of uh, the subjects we cover in the book. And also, if you want to uh, support us here in Guys Guys Radio Land, if you will, uh, besides listening to and downloading the show, I would hope you could take a moment, uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, because we're out here bringing you information that we think you might be interested in, things that may help you in your life uh, to live the best life, whether you're a male or a female. That's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. I do my very best to ask the questions that if I was home listening, I would be asking and say, hey, Guys Guy, ask her, ask her that or ask him that. And uh, so I'm your advocate here, and I'm doing the best I can, and we're going to get more and more guests and more and more information, and it's just we're just growing and growing and growing too. So I'm very appreciative and thankful that we've got Guys Guys Radio. So we're going to be back next week, as we always are. And uh, until then, I hope you have a great week. And remember, like I always like to say, people, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>